Welcome to LOA Today, where Tom Wells and Alex King are going off the deep end. Today is Friday, April 12th, 2019. It's 8 a.m. in New York. It's 5 a.m. in Los Angeles. 1 p.m. in London and Sydney, Australia. I think you're around 11 a.m. or uh, 11 p.m. rather, but sorry. I, I, I give up on Sydney. I, I can't seem to calculate Sydney. You never knows what time it is in Sydney. Sydney no, knows what time it's, it is. It's sometime in Sydney, but I haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> but anyway, wherever you are in the world, thank you for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And uh, clearly, Tom and Alex are in a happy, silly, fun, excited mood because they wouldn't even shut up during the music. I mean, what are you going to do? You, you just we can't didn't hear the music. Yeah. <laughs> the music? Oh, no, my God. I never played it. Well, then world, was... there was no music. We oh just we just didn't think we didn't know we started. That's why we were singing. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, 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 that would that would explain it. That would explain yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else heard the music except you two. So yeah, I, I don't okay. know why that was. But we'll figure well, that out. That's weird. I think you should yeah, get. Well. Uh, I think you should get the rights to uh, play the funky music, White Boy. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great way to start. <laughs> Definitely we, in a silly mood today. We would dance. We would dance to it. I, I swear. Oh, you're not ready to see me dance. Oh, I, don't, not, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's appropriate for the show. Really? I, I'm not sure if I'm ready to see Tom dance, to be honest. But we'll shake your baby Same. maker. Got to shake, shake a tail feather. Shake you want to see me feather. shake shake my baby maker? <laughs> remember that line oh that line that's a real line from a song i'm not just saying no i remember i remember yeah. Yeah. i always thought that was the greatest line okay <laughs> well as anyone listening in tuning in for the first time can tell, we, we have no idea what's going to go on in this show. So we're going off in 15 <laughs> directions at the same time, which is fine. <laughs> we're, we're used to doing that. That's okay. Um, but this is also a live stream. So if you're tuning into the live stream and you want to ask questions for us to address, we will be happy to do so. We may even do it from a law of attraction perspective since this is a law of attraction show. <laughs> Maybe. We'll think about Maybe. it. We'll think about Possibly. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> I, I, I almost hesitate to ask. Because I think I can just kind of tell, but Tom, how's your week been? <laughs> <laughs> it's been all right. Um, <laughs> what do you want to know about it? I'm. It's been like uh, ups and downs and ins and outs, and I know I've been pretty happy. I mean, I I don't have I don't have a lot of emotions that I'm processing, but I'm trying to. Mm-hmm. Know, okay. Digging up all the digging up all the dirt on myself I can so that I can become a better human being and more evolved mm. consciously. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my that's my agenda in life. So that's always a good, no. that's a good agenda. I like that. Yeah, but I'm doing a lot of work uh, packing, so I'm it's kind of a lot less pressure on me to instead mm. of instead of creating a significant contribution to the world I'm packing. It's <laughs> <laughs> a, a different thing. Yeah. Well, we're all we're all on different uh, tracks these days because we, we Alex and I are trying to contribute something significant to the world, which you actually have played a, a hand in helping us to create. Uh, oh, thank we, you. We we now have uh, a first draft of the first episode of the script for yep. the yes. and, and I read it, and I sick. think I think it's a Hollywood quality. Oof. Oh, yeah, high oh. praise indeed. <laughs> but you know. 
I, I mean, I'm not the, the expert like you guys are, or Ale- Alexandria, who's watched how many movies? Uh, <laughs> well, like I watch least, more TV shows than movies, but yes, uh, lots of movies. <laughs> and lots of TV. And this is actually more like a TV show script. It could be a movie script. Right, but, uh, right. Yeah, but I thought it's yeah. really well done because you, you really, you guys know how to, uh, keep the suspense building and to, um, to have dialogue that is engaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, I kept Good. wanting to read it, you know. I thought, oh, this is, I like the way they talk too because they talk more like modern folks do and, you know, they don't, that, I don't that, know. That'd be me. That'd be you. That'd be you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be me, yo. That'd be the 35-year-old in the group. (laughs) Alex translated my 1970s speech into 2010 speech, so yeah. Right, 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 right. (laughs) And I I don't have to ask you how you're doing, Alex, because, I mean, we talk just about every day of the week. and and Right. How you doing, Alex? How's your week been going? (laughs) Well, since the last eight hours since I've talked to you, um, I'm doing (laughs) <laughs> how about you, Walt? How are you doing? We've been, yeah. we've been doing a lot. Well, that's how we're doing. We, we've been doing a lot of work. I mean, uh, yeah. Alex did some uh, research yesterday to come up with a, uh, a set of theme musics for us to use throughout the, the, the show for the first episode anyway, and probably right. for many of the following episodes. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're in that sense, you mentioned Hollywood, Tom. We're going to follow Hollywood in that way by putting you know, music underneath a lot of the track. Do you have to pay for that music? Uh, in the long run, we will. In, 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 the, oh, in the long really? run. Yeah, in the long run, we do have to, yes. But uh, if we get to the point where we have to pay for it, it means we are a success. So I think we can afford it at that point. Yeah. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they actually right. set it up that way where you don't pay for it until you're a success. That's uh, cool. Yeah, kind of, sort of. I mean, they, well, it's understandable. I mean, if you're creating anything uh, that – is going to be used by somebody else, and they turn it into something where you've got thousands and thousands and thousands of people who are consuming it. You want a piece of that pie, so it makes sense. Yeah, sure, of course. Because if you think about it, like it's, let's say there was a, there was a Marvel movie, and they went on one of these free websites and picked out a song, and then it turned out it was for a Marvel movie, and they're like, whoa, 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 we want our check too. <laughs> yeah, exactly, sure. exactly. Because yeah. it all takes work. It takes a lot of work. Yeah, so yeah. Alex and I have. We, we have really become very, very respectful of scriptwriters, Alex. Mm-hmm. Because, that I was, mean, it is a job. Yeah, I, I can tell. I, that's, when I looked at it, I thought, this is not something you just throw together. This no. takes so much thought and yeah. so much, like, careful, you know, analysis, you might say, so that you're writing mm-hmm. stuff that, and I'm sure it also comes spontaneously to the gifted, you know. So, you know, I, mm-hmm. that's why I was applauding you guys for your gifted abilities at coming up with that kind of a flow and language and everything that communicated so well. Yeah. Well, I mean, the good news is we haven't written scripts before, but uh, Alex has theatrical experience and also oh. experience as a comedian on stage. Um, yeah. I've written one book and I've edited uh, and written parts of another book, so I have some yeah. experience writing, and one of them was a fiction book, so yeah. I have some knowledge of that. Um, plus, I have the advantage of a sis- having a sister who was a theater major in school, and mm-hmm. she's actually the one who taught me how to write fiction. Mm-hmm. Because I, when I was writing my fiction, she book is years very ago, helpful. She is very helpful. She I was is. going over her yeah. notes, and I was oh, like, "Does she oh. does she comment on it?" Yeah, she yeah. does. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, she in fact, went we're meeting with, with her. her red marker. <laughs> she did. Oh, that's she great. did. 
<laughs> yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah. And, she, and she has very poignant comments to make about it. I mean, you were talking about how, how the suspense was holding. She was saying, well, you got to keep this going here. Otherwise, you're going to start losing your suspense. So, so build yeah. this up or take this part out. Or, you know, all this right. Stuff. Or move this here and do that there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So wow. very detailed. Because she, does, she does, actually does have some script writing experience. Uh, she's written a, a, a play. She wrote a musical, actually. Uh-huh. Um, and she's written, she's in the process of writing some other stuff too. So yeah, it's great to have that kind of help yeah. in the family. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. that is that's that's cool. That's cool. Well, this could be this could be a big deal, a big future for both of you. And as you know, I'll be happy to watch you on the award ceremonies. Um, well, and plus, Alex see. has uh, people on her side too who have uh, experience mm-hmm. related to what we're trying to do, and and, and so yeah. we're, we're getting help from a variety of yeah. different angles. Well, that's that's really, really cool. Important. You got to have that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. So how are you, how do you think the audience that listens on Facebook and the podcast is relating to all this? I don't know. I mean, we'll find out actually when they actually hear it. I mean, <laughs> if there's any audience left. <laughs> oh my God. I turned to this talking about that stupid video podcasting, audio podcast. Yeah. I can't take it yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, we don't, we don't even know what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> we, well, if the radio listeners they actually do know because we were talking about that starting in like February, I think it was. Yeah. We were talking about the story. Yeah. 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 But um, it's 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 fun to see how it kind of comes together. I mean, it's work, mm-hmm. but it's fun to see how it comes together when you're piecing it. And that's what we did. We we wrote this thing in pieces. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not like what we started at the beginning and worked through to the end. It was just like, okay, here's a chunk. All right, well, let's put this chunk down there. Let's put another chunk here. <laughs> yeah. And wow. then also, let's put a chunk here. <laughs> and, the, and then it's also to. hard because we have Walt was writing parts and then I was writing parts. So it was like, okay, where do they? Where do they weave in between, and how do they how do they go together, and how do we get from yeah. one part to the other part? So yeah, it was. <laughs> the amazing like it. thing is, it sounds like it was just written by one person, really. That's what a lot of my friends said. Yeah, you they were like, oh, they, they were giving me all the praise. They were like, oh, you're so talented. I was like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. When I, I read it, I I felt it. I felt it was mainly your your script. Because of the languaging, I thought Walt does not talk like this. Um, <laughs> and, and that know. part, you're right. Yeah, but I felt you <laughs> must have had a big hand in it. I didn't even understand what half of it was, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had to go through it, and I had to explain some stuff. So <laughs> sometimes I had to write through translate.google.com just to figure out what was what was going on there. <laughs> I can believe that. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and actually we uh, we have a meeting with my sister um, shortly after we record this podcast today um, because she thinks that we need to do more to merge the voices together she thinks it's too big of a divergence between my voice and Alex's voice so oh, still. Apparently, apparently we have to do a little a little refining here to make it oh. work even better oh where does your voice show up? Where does your voice show up, and which character? Or is it just uh, more? It, it's uh, just throughout. It's the more where, separated where does it show up? by scenes. It's not. Yeah. It's not. It's not different characters. Yeah. Although no, I will say that most of most of where the kids are talking, that that's all Walt. Oh. But with Alex no, no, translating no, some of it. Yeah, I was going to say, I did, have to, I did have to go back over that. Yeah. 
And, and what I she came, out, I came back me with, I, I read, I said, what? I have no idea what what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Does this mean something? <laughs> I didn't see them as 9 or 10. I saw them as um, 15 and to 17. Well, that's what 9 and 10-year-olds are nowadays. <laughs> exactly. And that yeah, that's really what I had in mind when I was starting to write that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, I think we have, it, what, 10 and 12? Is that how old they are? I can't remember exactly. Yeah, years, so. 10 and 12. Yeah. Well, they would be pretty mature probably after going through what they've been going through. and Plus, any kids raised today are exposed to exactly. such a different scene than I was. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So that And that's what I had in mind when I was writing them. So I didn't want to write them as a 10. Or, in fact, I'm not even sure how a 10 or 12-year-old would talk. And I don't mean just today. I mean just in general. Going back, you know, to when we were growing up, how would a 10 or 12-year-old talk? Oh, that's I could have told you how a 68-year-old would have talked. I could tell you how a teenager could have talked. But a 10 to 12-year-old, it's almost like an an amorphous kind of range. You just kind of went through that until you finally got to teen. There was no no defining characteristic of it. It wasn't like a very positive I bet they had a lot of, um, at least in our generation, well, I, if you're in my generation, there was a lot more uh, na- naivete and um, innocence compared to now, I was I was going to say, not now. No, no, I say back then there would have been. I, I yeah. was pretty sheltered. I was pretty damn sheltered. I didn't even, I, I didn't even started using any words that would be considered off color, you know, until I was probably over 15, you know. But the thing that confuses me is that I also remember when I was a kid in that range, 10 to 12 years old, um, uh-huh. there were you know, a few of us in the neighborhood, and we all kind of hung out a bit. And I, the, the one theme that keeps playing in my mind was how much anger there was in each of the kids. Wow. Yeah. Was, um, this, Connecticut, was this Connecticut kids? This is in upstate New York. It's Connecticut, New York. <laughs> and... <laughs> and uh Alex got that one. Two of them were two of them were uh in in uh what do you call it? Catholic school. Mm-hmm. And they were the angriest. Of course. They were the ones they mm-hmm. were the ones who be, and and one of them I I only got hints of it, but it was pretty clear to me, especially later on when I thought about it, he was probably being beaten severely at home. Oh nice. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. always beautiful. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's usually what it is when they, you know, they're that angry in life that there's, there's obviously something going on at home. Exactly. Yeah. You know, because they, they take out the pain that they feel, they take it out on other people. Now, plus, when I was 10 to 12, that was right in the range you were talking about, Tom. That, for me, that was 1967 to 69. So, mm. right in the middle of the 60s revolution. You know, so mm-hmm. add in what's going on on a cultural basis to what's going on among the kids in the neighborhood yeah. who have all yeah. their own issues. And it was it was kind of a chaotic time. That's why I have trouble kind of pinning down. What was it like to be a 10 to 12-year-old? It, it was just, it, it was disorienting. That's the best answer I can give you. It mm. just well, it was so that's, disorienting. That's like what's weird. going on now. Mm-hmm. you got the ki- kids there that are, you know, scared doing um, school shooting drills. You know, mm. and, at 10 and 12 years old now, and it's it's insane. And then the, you have social media and social media bullies and people jumping online telling you to kill yourself because you're ugly. You know what I mean? There's just so much going on and, and coming at you 
you have to grow up fast. It's crazy. That, that's an interesting observation because not during the 67, 69 period, but a few years before that is when we would have had nuclear raid drills where mm-hmm. you dive under your desk because that was supposed to yeah. protect you in the event of a nuclear explosion, which of course <laughs> is nuts. But <laughs> that's what, that that's, what was, that's what was happening when I was 9 to 11 or that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because it was 1958 to 1961 or so. It's almost like... It's almost like the culture has decided on a subconscious level that we went through being terrified, so the next generation has to be terrified, too. Not so much, because my generation, we had nothing to be scared of until uh, 9-11. And that, was for me, was uh, junior year. So it was crazy, because it was like, it was a lull of just normal everyday stuff and then it was like boom 9-11 and it's like what's going on in the world there's a real world out there yeah. oh my god <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you um, mean this is terrorist <laughs> what is that <laughs> <laughs> so it, yeah that's it, true the 90s were relatively quiet that's true yeah. they, they were crazy but they were too, they were they were relatively quiet yeah comparison the, the media wasn't as as bad in the in the 90s i would say because we did have like uh um, oh, you know there there were a few riots and there were you know the what was it rodney king that whole mm-hmm. thing yep. and and stuff like that so you know there were there were things but uh nothing to rock a kid's world let me tell you right right yeah no it's true and well plus that was also the dot-com boom so everything was about the exploding internet and what was going to happen a with fact. all the speculation and so forth so that was yep. a really big deal yeah that's true. It kind you of want to know how how diso- disorienting um, kids today are. I was talking to uh, the the guy I'm talking to now, and he has a son who's eight years old, and he was telling me that there's this video game out. His son doesn't have it, thank God, but he said there's this video game out called Hey Neighbor, and I'm like, oh, that sounds like a cute game. He's like, no. It's the basis of the game is your job is you're a kid and your job is to rescue two other children from the basement of a pedophile next door. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, first of all, who's making games like this? Second Mm. of all, why are parents buying these games for these kids? And third of all, if you see your kid playing this game, why are you letting your kid go to that kid's house? Like, no. All around. All bad parenting all around. <laughs> I don't like it. Wow. You know what this does? It reinforces for me how important it is to be selective about what we focus our attention on. Mm. This is like the, the core basis of being a deliberate creator, right? What do you yep. to focus your attention on? And it, it's almost like life is delivering to us on a societal basis. Okay. Here are all these things that you guys have been attracting all these years. What are you going to do? Are you going to continue to focus on them, or are you going to change your focus? And society is saying, yeah, I lap it up. Let's keep focusing on all those stuff that I don't like. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's almost like we're continuing to learn the lesson over and over again until we finally say, okay, enough. I'm done with it. I don't need to focus <laughs> on that stuff anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, man. Otherwise known as the two-by-four strategy. But, uh, <laughs> hey, we got we've got uh, a long note from Sarah here. Let me see if I can get this in here. Hi, Sarah. 
and she's got uh, a question built into it too. So I'm, I'm going to bring it over to my little notepad so I can read it because I, I can't read Facebook. <laughs> Facebook is just too darn small. You know really? what you need? You need that computer screen magnifier. It's like it's like a giant magnifying screen. Well, hold on, where are my hands? Because <laughs> like, if I'm doing this, you don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a screen. It's, it hangs on, over your screen, so it magna. It's like it's like a magnifying glass for your computer screen. You need one of those. Well, I, I could do the same thing just with what's built into Windows. Because if you hit the Control plus 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 plus, it'll just expand everything on the screen. I mean, Problem. fine, if you don't want to help people who are inventing stuff, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? <laughs> but the problem is that when I do that, it, because it, it, it's zeroing on one section, I lose a large part of right. the comment section. Mm-hmm. And I don't see it's going to be any different with, with that enlarger. The enlarger is going to have the same issue, isn't it? I would think. I don't know. I don't know. Could, I mean, you, there's, only so much you can, there's only so much you can squeeze in when you enlarge something. You know, it just that that just takes up space. That's what the whole purpose of it is to take up. But space. I don't think it. No, I don't think. I think it just. Well, it's like when you use a magnifying glass on a on a page. Yeah. It doesn't. It you know it's it's the same thing. So it's not. I don't exactly. think it. You just got to move the screen. Well, you got to do more scrolling. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to avoid. Anyway. <laughs> well, there's no getting I'm a, around it. I, I, I'm a pain. What can I say? So anyway, Sarah's got a nice note for us. She says, hi, guys. Hope all is well. So to keep LOA working for you every day, what are you? What are your to-do things that you do to keep LOA in action? If you've had a manic day, do you ever go to bed thinking, I've not shown appreciation or gratitude today? I mean, in the book of magic, I still do the magic rock and be thankful for the best thing to me that day. However, a few times I've forgotten and worry it has a negative impact. So we got a couple, we got two or three issues going on there that are all kind of tied together. Mm-hmm. Who, who wants to take a first swing at that one? I'll go first because I know Tom's going to be a lot longer than me. Oh, <laughs> not necessarily. <laughs> not necessarily. <laughs> Um, so (laughs) what I was going to say is by focusing on, um, whether you've been grateful or or not that day, it, it kind of puts a negative spin on it. So it's, Mm. it's like now you're concentrating on, oh gosh, I wasn't grateful today. Oh no. And then it's, it, it makes, it makes it vibrating negatively. And I don't, I don't like that. So instead of doing that, just. As soon as you think about it, then jump up and think of something you're grateful for, if that's if if that's what's bothering you. And then on as far as what I do daily to stay on the law of attraction train, um, I mean I don't really put too much thought into it. I just live my life, and and good things happen to me because I I vibrate on a higher level. I just you know, I I do my own thing, and I, I do what makes my soul happy. If I feel uncomfortable, I don't do it, and that's just how I live life. And and like I said, life life works out for me. Tom, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I like that, Alex. I think that's the main thing I do too. Is I make peace with where I'm at every moment. I mean, that's always the first step is um, to accept the fact that whatever is coming up for me is um i need to i need to allow it 
you know, and not fight it because um, no matter how unpleasant or, or strange things seem, if I put up resistance, then I'm going to add a vibration of resistance to my life, and that's just going to increase the thing that's bothering me. Mm-hmm. So um, by accepting it and relaxing, and then I do I do a lot of trusting. I say, I say, well, do I have help or not? You know, do I do I have a soul that's connected to love and to source or not? And and it's I'm I'm trying to build that relationship every day that that I'm lo- letting myself receive the gift that all is well and that my receptivity to my own well-being is my main job. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to spend my day, you know, like chilling out about things that, that could be potentially bothersome and instead saying um, everything is, I'm always in the right place at the right time on my path and everything's mm-hmm. working out and Right now, I might might not like what I'm feeling, but I can I can relax into this and and process it. You know, I can for one thing every morning get up and do meditation, which which sets a vibration for the whole day. And without doing that meditation, sometimes my day feels a little more edgy. Mm. And then I do I have to stop at some point and do meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I try to get out in nature at least once every day. Um, meditate. You know, I actually meditate for about 45 minutes to an hour every day. Some wow. people, you know, just 10, even 10 minutes is help, is better than nothing or five minutes. Mm-hmm. For some of my clients, that's all they can do is five minutes. And I say, great, you know, that five minutes can change your whole life. That's you know. five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> hey, five seconds is better than not at all. It's really about setting the path. <laughs> If you do it every single day, you're, that, that's the main thing, you know. And, I'm just and, like, okay, I'm it. No, I'm done. I'm <laughs> 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 already, already distracted by something else. I'm done. <laughs> maybe you get, maybe you get that experience from other things you do, you know, that gets you centered, you know. Yeah, yeah, I definitely it, do. You know, yeah, it sounds like you've got a good attitude, so that's coming from somewhere. You've got a foundation, right? So mm-hmm. we we each have to get a sense that we have a foundation. Anyway, I promised I wouldn't talk a long time. So, Walt, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys have made some good points. Um, I, I'll pick up on a couple other things to kind of reinforce what you're talking about. Because, Sarah, you said, so to keep LOA working for you every day. Well, guess what? It does. And you don't have to do anything. It's working all the time. Every thought that you're putting out there, the law of attraction is delivering something back to you based on that thought and the, the feeling that's associated with it. So my advice about that is relax. It's okay. You don't have to do anything to keep it going. There's no cranking of the world you have to do. It's, it just goes on its own. Just take it easy. Give yourself a, you know, cut yourself a break on that one. Cause it's really, like breathing. It, it does it on its own. Yeah, you don't have yeah. to concentrate on breathing. Well, sometimes you your, do. <laughs> your, your job isn't to keep the law of attraction going. Your job is just to focus on what you want. Mm-hmm. So, you know, spend more time focusing on what you want. Like you were saying, Alex, you know, don't spend all the time focusing on, oh, God, I haven't done my gratitude for that. You know, just do the gratitude. That's all. Don't don't yeah. turn it into a big production. Just go do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, don't have to, you don't have to focus on the part that you don't like. Just focus on the part you do like. Right. Um, so that, that's my first take. And, and the other thing is, let's see, how would you say it? 
a few times I've forgotten and worried has a negative impact. Well, no. <laughs> Just because you forgot to do a gratitude doesn't mean you're having you're, the failure to have a, a moment of gratitude has a negative impact. It just doesn't have a positive impact. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It, it just means that for that moment you're not getting the the positive. You know, I feel good about this thing that I prefer that I'm focusing on benefit. But it doesn't automatically mean that you're going to get negative out of it. I mean, especially it depends what kind of of you know spiral you're in or what what your your vibration is. If your vibration was negative at that point in time and you were in a mm-hmm. like deep depression, well, yeah, of course. But it, it isn't the failure to do gratitude that that's keeping you there is that you're focusing on all this stuff that's making you feel really, really depressed. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, again, it's just turning your perspective to what it is that you want. What is it that yeah. you feel good about? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can listen to what you tell yourself too, because if you're telling yeah. yourself like messages that are going to um, build up the idea that you have a problem, then, it, then of course you will continue to have that problem, you know? Exactly. So Exactly. Yeah, so I, I think my my overall message would be don't beat yourself up over the fact that you haven't done as much gratitude work as you'd like. Well, because all that yeah. does is work against the thing you're trying to do. Just you know, drop that part about it. Okay, mm-hmm. well, so you missed. So what? You know, it's kind of like what uh, Cindy Chavez and I have talked about, where Neville Goddard is con- concerned. He talks about sin, and he uses the word sin very, very specifically in a way that's different from the church. Sin is not something where you offended God or something like that. It's just Literally, it means you missed the mark. You just you were aiming at the bullseye and you didn't hit the bullseye. That's all it is. So you just correct your aim. It's not anything to get all upset about. It's not anything to to say, oh God, my life is ruined because of sin. No, you just missed the mark. That's all. Correct the aim. That's it. That's all you have to do. Just refocus on what it is that you want. And when you do that, everything else works out. So cut yourself a break. Be easy on yourself. And some people have a, a very strong um, vibration going on of it could be fear or anger or grief or uh, some really deep emotional thing that keeps upsetting their their boat, you know, that keeps making their life uncomfortable. And I think if that's the case, people need to process those emotions. They need to, you know, first of all, accept that they feel those things and quit fighting against it. Let them let themselves become aware that they've got this constant thing nagging at them or whatever it is, that sense of feeling stuck or consistently sad. or um, And then that stuff can be processed without um, always just looking for a way to put a Band-Aid on it and, you know, blaming yourself that you're not feeling better. You can mm. process those emotions by going into them and spending time asking them what they have to tell you, you know, mm. and... And spend some time with your eyes closed, feeling into those emotions, and you can learn a lot from them. But that's a that's a delicate process. Sometimes it's easier said than done. Well, it, but it's a good process because what you're yeah. really trying to do is you're trying to work through them so that they don't haunt you anymore, so that you can finally right. let go and go over to where you want to go. Yeah. So that makes it a worthwhile thing to do. Yeah, if you've had a pattern that you've been running on yourself for years and years and years. Or you run in relationships, or you consistently attract the same problems into your life. Then there's some kind of a vibration going on that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. And um, that's like the work I do with clients is called emotional clearing, so that they can they, they can literally be taken through a four step process to clear that emotional block that they've got going mm-hmm. on. And mm-hmm. that's seems like it's just important to 
acknowledge that stuff, make peace with it in a sense, and then allow yourself to process it so that it no longer has the same impact. Good stuff, yeah. And Sarah is saying thanks, I agree. So I guess we're giving responses to her that are helpful to her, which is a good thing. So thank you for the question, Sarah. That was great. You, you you did a nice job, too, of derailing us from this crazy, wild tangent we were on. So well done. <laughs> <laughs> Although we do like the crazy, wild tangents. We enjoy them a lot, as you can tell, because we keep going off on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of thing, it, it kind of reminds me that when we're writing the script for, for The Grass is Greener, Alex, we have mm. to really focus on what we want the script to say. I mean, just like... You know, Sarah or anybody else has to focus on what they really want. We mm-hmm. have to focus on what we really want. And that, yes. Boy, it, it really makes you, well, first of all, it's a little bit tricky because, especially for the first episode, we're writing about stuff that's fairly negative, not, mm-hmm. not relatively yeah. unpleasant stuff. And, you know, so we don't really want to, as human beings, we really don't want to have to focus on that if we don't have to. Right. But because that's part of the story we're telling, we do focus in on just long enough to kind of piece it all together and form it. And... It, it, it's kind of like what Tom was talking about. It actually, I don't know about you, I found that I was processing what our lead character, Nance, was going through just by going through that process of, uh, you know, put one step after another. Here's here's all the sequence of events of what happened to her during her day. Mm-hmm. And how does it all fit together? How does it all um, arrange itself? You gain, at least I think you gain an idea of how the law of attraction actually works on a moment-by-moment basis when you write a script. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You get I that agree. Too? Yeah. yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what you guys um, develop as her steps out of her dilemma. Yeah. And, and still make it interesting to your audience. That's what the question mm-hmm. I ask Walt when I give feedback about the script. I said, now, where does it go from here? Does mm-hmm. Lexi become the one who who um, coaches her through all this, is Lexi actually a coach or a psychotherapist, or is Lexi just a really good girlfriend who maybe has been through something like that herself, so she kind of sees Nance's game because she's known Nance for 20 years or 10 years or something, so she's she's able to recognize that, Nance, you know, don't you see what you're doing? But Lexi's a pretty um, intelligent or observant woman, seems like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So is is she a, a therapist or a coach or what? No, she's actually a club owner. A club owner. <laughs> yeah. But she's in Miami. Just it. In Miami. Yeah. Okay. Well, she probably sits around with her clients a lot and talks about their lives with them and something. But um, she's pretty she's pretty aware and she doesn't give it up for you know like she stays she's like a dog. It's got something. You know, got the towel in their mouth and won't let it go. Yeah. Because she she won't let Nance off the hook on this thing. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you, you can be better. Do better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these are long long term friends. They've been friends since high school or even before that. Yeah. And so they're they're, yeah. they're best friends, and they just that's what you that's what she feels like you have to do with the best friend. You have to say, look. You know, somebody's got to call you on this crazy thing you're doing here, and I'm calling you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Lexi must have been through something like that herself to be so insightful as to uh, what to see Nance's pattern. Or maybe no, that's an she, easy pattern to see. She hasn't been through it herself, but she's seen Nance do this time and time and time again. Oh, okay. So she's got some clue that Nance is on the wrong path still. 
clearly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, and we haven't really, I mean, uh, Alex is the one who came up with, with the character for Lexi. And yeah. we haven't really developed it beyond what the main purpose of, of it was here in this episode, which was to provide a foil to interact with Nance and, and bring a lot of the details out quickly during episode yeah. one. Because um, we didn't, we didn't want a narrator. We didn't want a, uh, right. what, what was the other thing I was going to say? We didn't want something else. Well, anyway, so that's why we created uh, Lexi. So, oh, flashbacks. We didn't want to have to do flashbacks. So right. mm-hmm. we just decided, well, we could, we could have a best friend go, well, remember that time? <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah. that's so much easier for, for writing purposes. It's so much easier. But now it's clear that you can't. I, I wouldn't imagine in any way if I was watching this series or listening to it to not have Lexi now involved. In in Nance's uh, dilemma. Oh, she's right. definitely yeah. going to be involved every step yeah. of the way. That's her best okay. friend. Yeah. Okay. It's her ride yeah. or die. She ain't going nowhere. Right. <laughs> and as the series develops, I think we're going to probably develop each of the different characters and show their own stuff going on. So we'll probably come up with some issues that Lexi went through in the past or is going through in the present you know, that, that are her own thing. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. even something that, that Nance is able to help Lexi with. I mean, something along that line. Well, or maybe they're going to have a run-in because Lexi's going to have a really be. strong feeling and Nance is not going to be willing to look at it. That's possible, maybe, too. That's yeah. possible. That's possible. Except yeah. the fact. I mean, we, we haven't really figured it out yet, but um, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if Nance is at least initially resistant the moment that, a coach comes involved or a therapist becomes involved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's that's common. That's common. Yep. Um, Always, yeah. And, and well, and she's already resisting Lexi. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So she's not going to want to hear it from a stranger. She's already right. resisting Lexi. But no, but now she's had a huge wake-up call. So now she's going to want to pro- perhaps really be humbled into wanting to hear it from a stranger. Well, that's anybody. the thing. It's, it's not a wake-up call yet. It's not? It's not. Well, she's, well, she's starting to be one at the end of the episode. At the yeah. end of the episode, breakdown. She's freaking so, out. So she's at least opening up a little bit to it. Is she open to it yet? I don't know. But yeah, that's, that's part of the path I'm going there. I'd say she's got to be open to it because she's questioning things on the deepest existential level you can. It sounds like she's she's really in pain. Mm-hmm. Because she is. This mm-hmm. is really like in her face hugely now. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Well, let's and, take and a, what take are a her break kids going to say? Exactly. <laughs> well, there's that too, yeah. Let's take a little break because Sarah has another question for us. She says, I'd like to attract more money into my life. You and me both, Sarah. Let's do Don't that. Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> the money coming, honey. The money coming, baby. The money coming. That's what you got to say to yourself. The money yeah. coming, baby. The money coming. You got to know that. You got your angels are gone. It. Your angels are on it. They got it coming. They got it covered. <laughs> I, I listen to I listen to Mink Steva on YouTube, and she's she's this really cool chick who she's always going the money coming, honey, the money coming, baby. I love it. I, I love it when she says that. I go, okay, yeah. <laughs> I love it. So you anyway, gotta have that said, attitude. Sarah says, so I've been focused on three thousand pounds. Any tips on how to speed it up? How do you speed it up? Mm. Relax I, I more would, about it. Yeah, you know, speak it into existence and then let it go. And and I don't believe there is a speeding up or or slowing down. I believe that it's it's 
it'll come to you when it's supposed to. So it may not be in your time frame, but it's in the universe's time frame. So. And if your attitude can be less and less worry about it and more mm-hmm. and more trust that the universe is abundant and it wants to give you what you need and what you want. And then look at what your vibration is around it. Um, if you find your vibration is fear or your vibration is doubt mm-hmm. and worry, mm-hmm. then that, of course, is what stands between you and allowing it in. And uh, Yeah. But you could do I, I, proactive things like, what's his name, uh, who you were just talking about, Walt? Um, Neville, Go- Neville. Neville Goddard. Goddard does with, uh, you know, the visualization of it, seeing, seeing yourself more and more already successful, doing all the things you would do once you have that money, you know, and yeah, feel so Neville calls it Assuming the feeling of the wish fulfilled, another, like you said, feeling it. Feeling it's actually more important than visualizing it. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, uh, I shared a story with Cindy Chavez on Wednesday that came from a video that was made of a guy who was one of Neville's students. And this is a guy who's actually quoted in one of Neville's books. He's the guy, if you've ever heard the story, he's the guy who, using Neville's method, managed to uh, attract and acquire a an Arthur Arthur Murray um, dance yes. studio franchise. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the one who did that one. Uh, interesting video. But among other things, he went to his first Neville event in Los Angeles uh, in a church on Wilshire Boulevard. Uh, and he went to it on the recommendation of a friend. He was very skeptical as he w- was going to it. And as he's walking in the door, he's saying to himself, so I wonder what this guy is going to do to try to get money out of me. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes in and they sits down and Neville comes out. And the very first thing Neville says is, well, okay, before we get started, I want to set one issue aside. No one is going to be passing the collection plate today. <laughs> <laughs> Which was a cool LOA thing, I thought. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but even more than that, he told a story that uh, that Neville actually includes in his books, but he told it in a different context. He's, he's, he's used the analogy of climbing a ladder as a way of visualizing. Mm-hmm. So um, the idea is you imagine a ladder in front of you, and you you're standing right at the ladder. So you're you're not looking at the scene. You're part of the scene. And you reach mm-hmm. out with your imaginary left hand, you grab the left-hand side of the ladder. You reach out with your r- imaginary right hand, you grab the right-hand side of the ladder. You step up with your imaginary left foot on the first rung. You stand up with your imaginary right foot on the second rung. And you, you feel yourself and you imagine yourself climbing that ladder. So you're mm-hmm. actually putting yourself into that place. Well, that's that's a, a, a metaphor that he's used a few times in his books. But in the case of this talk, what he said was, here is what I want you to do. I want you, as you're going to sleep every night, like this is, again, a key part of what he talks about. As you're going to sleep, I want you to imagine yourself climbing that ladder. I want you to do it every night for at least three nights in a row, and you just keep doing it until you fall asleep. So you do that for three nights in a row. And, and this is the, the hitch, this is, this is the really interesting part. He says, during the day, I want you to make a sign and put the sign up that says, I will never climb a ladder again. And I want you to declare to the world, I will never climb a ladder again. And put a note in your wallet that says, I will never climb a ladder again. In other words, he's directly contradicting 
what he's having you do when you're going to sleep. No, he isn't. His, his purpose is to say, go, the method that we're using as you're going to sleep is going to override any doubt you have during the day. And I'm going to prove it to you by you doing this, this little routine. And anyone, oh, who okay. this, anyone who does this and completes the task and finds yourself climbing the ladder anyway, much to your surprise, I want you to come back next week. This was on a Sunday, so I want you to come back next Sunday. And then he sent them all home. Well, the guy went home and uh, after hearing the full talk and said, oh, you know, I'm going to try. I'm going to take Neville's challenge. I'm going to do it. So he started doing it. And for three nights in a row, he visualized. And during the day, he did the signs and everything, saying, no, I will never climb a ladder again. He even told his wife, I will never climb a ladder again. And then the following Saturday, he got a phone call from his mom saying, would you come over to the house? We, we need some help with a few things. His parents were elderly, so they need a little help. And um, he gets to the house, and his father's up on the roof. And his father shouts down to him, hey, son, can you hand me that bucket of paint? <laughs> without thinking about it, he walks over, picks up the bucket of paint, climbs the ladder, hands in the bucket of paint, and says, oh, my God, I just climbed the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> That's a good story. Yeah. So, and he did go back the following week. Yeah. <laughs> what's so funny is that all the talk about how you work with your subconscious so that if you make a, make statements like that to yourself constantly, that you're, what you're actually saying to your subconscious is, I will climb a ladder. I will climb a ladder because the subconscious only hears one thing, and that is climbing the ladder. It doesn't yeah. hear sure. never. Yeah. It doesn't hear the word never. So ne yeah. Neville is supporting it is supporting the person getting entirely really focused is. on climbing yeah. the ladder. <laughs> so your subconscious is neutral is what you're saying. Yeah, that's what they say, and I, I see how it's kind of that way. Whatever you vibrate with is what you're going to attract more of. Whatever you're actually focusing on, and if you're thinking about this ladder and climbing it, you are focusing on that, and so you're likely going to attract that into your life. So it's not at all surprising that he ended up on a ladder at his parents' house either, you know. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's how you that's how you learn lucid dreaming. That's that's how you learn to be a lucid dreamer is that you you practice seeing your hands in front of yourself and you yeah. do it during the day. You look at your hands and then you look at them continually like on and off throughout the day and then at night when you're in your dream before you go to sleep you say in my dream, I'm going to notice my hands, and when I'm due, that's a sign that I'm alive in my dream. I'm awake yeah. in my dream. And, mm -hmm. and once you're able to do that, you can be in your dream, and then you can be controlling things in your dream. That's another way to have the money come quicker is that you you can ask every night before you go to sleep for help from your spiritual guides to take you to the place you need to be in to re be more receptive to money coming into your life. Mm -hmm. And um, your guides will help you. Lucid dream People use lucid dreaming to get things, too. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I'm not. I I can't say I've done it yet. I'm still learning to see my hands. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't. I haven't practiced it enough. You know. I don't. I don't make it enough of a of a discipline. Well, the, that's it right there. You, you just touched your finger on it. Um, and I think that's really the full answer to Sarah's uh, question because her question is, well, okay, well, how do I speed this up? You speed it up by focusing on what you want and taking all of your attention away from all the doubts. Because it's the doubt, that, where, why does stuff take so long to show up? Well, in fact, the law of attraction likes to deliver things very, very quickly. The only reason it doesn't is because we resist it in various ways. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we just set up all these little blocks and we don't let it in. And then eventually maybe it finds a way in anyway, kind of the way that water finds its way through the rocks. But we make it hard for the lava traction to deliver to us. We just put up all this stuff in the way. So uh, the quick answer is stop putting stuff in the way. Keep focusing on mm-hmm. what you want and stop focusing on all the doubts and the worries. And, oh, Jesus is going to show up. And why didn't it show up in time and all that? Get rid of all that. Get that out of your, your conversation with yourself entirely. And just replace it with all the things that you're doing that are fun, that are enjoyable, that also tie into, in your mind, attracting that 3,000 pounds into your life. So, you know, change the subject around, change the story around so that you're, you're focusing on the fun part, on the part that feels good, on the part that uh, ties into your preference side, the side that you prefer. Mm-hmm. Stop focusing on the stuff you don't prefer. Nobody prefers, oh, geez, it isn't showing up. I don't. I have yet to meet anybody who says I prefer to have everything show up slowly. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, way, the way Abraham always puts it is that uh, the only reason it's not here yet is because you're giving, as you just said, Walt, you're giving a mixed message to your to yeah. the universe. You know, you're mm-hmm. you're you have you have mixed vibrations that are there, and so you keep getting this. Whatever you're getting is a combination of your of the vibrations you're putting out there. So, mm-hmm. theoretically, if you, if you could put out a really clear message of abundance and allowing it to come into your life and spending all that money without any other conflicting vibrations, it would be there. It would come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. it's true. And, and that's exactly what happens. I mean, um, Sarah, I am also trying to attract not just 3,000 pounds. I mean, I'm going for the gusto. I'm going for much bigger amounts than that. Um, mm-hmm. And the way I'm doing it is I put my request out there and then I left it alone. Yep. I'm not going back and, and torturing myself over it. Instead, I'm getting on with doing the things in my life that I love doing. So I love doing this daily podcast. And I love working on the project with, that I'm working on with Alex and that Tom has helped out on uh, doing this fictional podcast audio play that we're putting together. And, and I'm just enjoying doing that. And, you know, hypothetically, here, here's one possible scenario. We, we write this uh, first episode, we put it out there, and all of a sudden it goes viral. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, uh, you know, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people are saying, whoa, this is a great new series that's out. Well, shoot, I don't even know exactly how it's going to happen, but somehow that's going to put some money into our pockets. Yep. And I don't even have to know how. I don't even have to know how that's going to happen. I just, you, know, you, you can just kind of tell. Something's some way, in some manner, we're going to be guided to do X, and X is going to lead to the money coming in because there's so many people who are interested in it. You know, yep. So, once again, you don't worry about how is it going to happen. What Mike Dooley calls the horrible hows. I thought that was a great phrase he came up with, the horrible hows. There's nothing more horrible than trying to figure out how the law of attraction is going to deliver something to you. That's, that's probably the most self-defeating and depressing and discouraging and awful thing to think about. Mm-hmm. So what do we spend most of our time doing? We spend all our time on the horrible house. Figure that one out. I don't know why we do that. <laughs> the money coming, like, baby. The money coming. <laughs> yeah, right. The money coming, right. <laughs> the money coming, baby. I'm, all, I'm telling you. The money coming. <sighs> Thanks, Steve. It's remarkable. I mean, when, when you're dealing with a client and the client is is focusing on the worry. What, what's your favorite way to distract them from that and to, to redirect them? Um, just to point out what they're doing. Because mm-hmm. uh, when they start looking at how, you know, I, I basically, the main thing I use in my coaching so, so much is to help a person see that they are 
to to see what they're doing, to see how they're shaping their reality every day, and and by the what what they're telling themselves and what they're thinking, you know, then they begin to see, oh well, yeah, of course I'm getting that result. I'm totally freaked out about this. You know, that's why I'm getting the result I'm getting. And once mm-hmm. they begin to see that, then that's when the changes begin. I feel like. I almost wonder. We we live in the age of the smartphone, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody yeah. has their smartphone these days. And smartphones have the ability not only to take selfies, but also to take selfie videos. I wonder why more people aren't taking advantage of that to see what they look like as they are going through their perseverating. perseverating. Oh, they do. Oh, they do. Yeah, they do. They do. And they, There's and they, some pretty bad and, videos out there. And they go live. And, then, <laughs> and they, well, you and, wish they wouldn't. And then it's like, okay, this is none of my business, but I'm I'm here for the drama, so I'm watching it. <laughs> but but do they watch their own videos? That's the I question. I don't know I'm... if they watch it back, but they're definitely doing the the video and definitely going live and breaking down on on social media, and it's it's. A <laughs> Because if they're not playing it back, they're losing. They're losing the advantage of it. You got to play yeah. it back to yourself in order to see what you're doing. Yeah, I w- I will admit I did it once. I was in a very low place and deep in my depression, and I made a YouTube video right after my friends decided they wanted nothing to do with me, but didn't give me any reason or any closure whatsoever. So I made a video, and it was a semi-private video. It was it wasn't public, but I put it was on YouTube. But and so so some people could see it, but some people didn't. And I watched, I forgot about it. And then I got a notification, oh, so-and-so watched your video. Or No, 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 it was um, some guy trying to sell me something uh, to help depression or whatever. So oh. he was, just, you know, so they just look for anything yeah, about depression and they're like, yeah. So, right. I, so I was like, what is this for? And I, and I looked at the video and I watched it back and I was like, oh, God, what was I thinking? <laughs> why so did I watch it? Reality TV. I was like, what? I was like, oh my god, this is so. This is why my friends left me. This is why. <laughs> this is what it is. This is what it's like to be friends with me. I was like, okay, all right, let me delete this. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Delete, delete, the internet, delete. The internet is forever. So. <laughs> But yeah, but luckily no one really saw it. Probably like two or three. We only got two or three views. Thank goodness. But still, goodness gracious, if y'all could just watch yourselves back, like mm. it's like sending an email, an angry email, and then deleting it before you send it. Please delete it before you send it. But by the way, <laughs> definitely, by the way, you don't have to go through. You don't have to go through the humiliation. You you don't have to actually post it to YouTube. Just make it on your camera and play it back on your camera. Well, you don't have that to was the, that. <laughs> that was the, that was the point I was getting to. Don't don't post it. Just watch it back and see what you, and see. I mean, leave it in your phone for a couple of a couple of days, couple of weeks. Come back to it and and then you'll just be like, oh God, mm-hmm. <laughs> was it? It wasn't even that serious, like. Mm-hmm. And, and thank God I didn't post it. That's that's how you'll feel. And the cool part is when you go delete, delete there, it actually deletes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it goes away forever. Yes. And delete because from you your cloud, too. There. Exactly, yeah. Well, that's true. That's right. There's the cloud. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. So. <laughs> See, I, I don't use the cloud for, for, for my smartphone. I, I back I up to my computer. 
I don't use the cloud. Well, I, I don't use the cloud on purpose, but my phone automatically does it. So what are you going to do? And then when oh, I buy I a new phone and then it downloads all your stuff and I'm like, why do I have random pics of myself? Cause you know, like you're taking a selfie and then like <laughs> you go to scratch your nose and, and that, and the camera goes off and that uploads to the cloud. And it's like, I deleted this picture. Why is it still in the cloud? And it's like that damn cloud. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the advantage of an iPhone. Cause with an iPhone, yes, they do want you to, to upload to the cloud, but there is a way for you to bypass all that, which is what I do. I mm. bypass all that. So nothing actually goes to the cloud. Instead, whenever I choose to, I do a backup to my, my laptop, and that's the only backup there is. Nothing ends up going to the cloud. So I have a backup, you know, but I don't have to mess with the idea of, well, what's, what if somebody breaks into my account or something like that? You know, it just yeah. doesn't come into view. That plus yeah. very secure passwords. I, I use passwords that you would never be able to even pronounce, let alone, let alone retype. <laughs> <laughs> very useful kind of password. And mine are like, you know, 50 characters long. So no one would ever be able to guess them. <laughs> so, it's, so it's not Waltz Cats 35. No, That's, no. Okay. It's, it's W369 pound sign at sign A. <laughs> You, you you couldn't possibly come up with all the, keys, all the keys on the keyboard. <laughs> all, all of them. And, and literally, that's how I do it. I mean, I'll, if they ask for a password, you know, I'll just start hitting keys. And you know, <laughs> if I don't see enough symbols, I'll hit some symbols and so forth. And I'll just come up with this long, in, in, incoherent string is what it is. It's just this, this incoherent string of characters. And it works. Nobody breaks in. <laughs> yeah. And you, and you have a way to – and you have a way to – to keep track of what they all are. That's I do, but I, if I told you what that was, I'd have to kill you. So I, I can't tell you. <laughs> now, see, my I have the same password for everything because it's just easier that way for me. <laughs> but I do change them randomly, and then what, I. But what's then your I current? What's your what's your current password? I'll tell you what my past password was. <laughs> yeah, that'll help. I can't tell you my current uh, password. Excuse, excuse me. As an IT former IT professional, I strongly <laughs> discourage anyone from sharing any password they ever use in their life with anyone in a public forum. Any okay. Time. I'll tell you. That's why I wanted to see what I wanted to see what Alex would do. <laughs> I was going to give you a fake one anyway, but it's okay. I was going to try to break into her huge her huge stash of cash, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's not there yet, but the money coming. The money the coming. money coming, baby. <laughs> the, the only thing that's worse than that is somebody who not only uses the same password over and over again, but they share it with a close friend. Like, what are you doing? No. Don't you yeah. understand? Right, <laughs> I don't right. understand. You, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. We, we only have a minute left, but I'll tell you a quick story. Um, mm -hmm. Back when I was doing IT for a living, which was about 20 years ago, there was a story that went around, um, and I'm pretty sure it was a true story, about a company that had come in, a security company that had come into a fairly good-sized corporation to test mm -hmm. their internal security and to see how secure their Internet was and their servers and, and the desktops and all that kind of thing. And the IT staff had been doing all this work, preparing for it and securing everything they could think of, and they thought they'd done a really good job. So the security company sends their guy in. He's like a professional hacker type. Um, and... After the first 10 minutes, he calls and says, okay, I broke in. And I said, ah! how the hell did you do that? 
They're just blown away. He says, oh, it was really simple. I called the president's uh, receptionist and said, uh, hi, this is Jack from uh, the IT department. I seem to have lost my password. Can you give me uh, his password and I'll just use that to, to get in and get wow. my password? Wow. Yeah, sure. Yeah, here you go. There's a leak. <laughs> There's a leak. <laughs> Fire there that is, secretary. There, there is no amount of internet security that anyone can do that cannot be broken by stupidly sharing your password with somebody else. <laughs> it well, just see, can't be no. Because <laughs> my mom and I share our passwords with each other. But no, because, no, don't do but, it. No, 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 we have to because what if something happens to one, for caregiver's sake, if something happens to one of us, <laughs> we have to be able to get into each other's bank accounts and, and other stuff. So, Thank goodness yeah. we're yeah. in the realm of two-factor authentication where uh, more and more you're going to find Various things that you log into are also going to require you to get a code on your phone. That's the second factor, and that's going to eliminate a lot of the stuff. It's going to make it so much harder for a hacker to break in. But <laughs> yeah, I tried to change my password on um, on Yahoo, and they were like, "Well, we're going to send a an email, a, a message, to, oh, yeah. a password to your phone and to this a second phone." So I'm like, "Mom, you're going to get a phone call. <laughs> Tell me the numbers." <laughs> <laughs> like what if she wasn't yep. home this would have taken all day <laughs> oh, well man. we certainly got off on, on a tangent again as promised so uh, <laughs> I just wanted to let everybody know we we do follow our promises we keep our promises and we do go off on wild tangents and so there you are <laughs> with that thought <laughs> this is crazy this is a wild discussion today I have no idea how I'm going to write this up I, I mean Alex keeps my hashtags I presume you've got some hashtags I have no oh, idea how they're oh boy do I they're crazy let me tell you <laughs> they're all over the place the hey, last but one they're... is promise tangents <laughs> yeah 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 there it is right <laughs> so it's a good way to end the week that's what it is it's a good yeah. way to end the week so thank you thank you Tom thank you Alex this yeah, has been a lot been crazy. Thank you to our live stream listeners. Thank you to our podcast listeners as well. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.